0: Hello Survivor is back. We are here. Episode one of our recap show. I hope you enjoy it. Please, please, please go on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. Review takes five seconds. Just hit five stars, write something nice. It's like a text message, but one that makes more people find our podcast. So please go do that. If you are looking for our Denis Villeneuve podcast, we put out our Sicario episode yesterday and our previous episodes are all on the feed. So, check that out. We'll have a rival next week. But for now, it's Survivor. Week one: heroes versus healers versus hustlers. Check it out. Hello, and welcome to the Foxworthy Podcast. We are back. I am Taylor Gaines. We are here. To break down the first episode of Survivor Season 35, Heroes vs. Healers vs. Hustlers. And with me, on the other line, everyone is pretty much just all his victims at this point. It's Ty Commons. Tyler B. Commons. It's me. I'm back. You might as well just call me Triple H this season, because that's how
1: I'm going to handle things, like the wrestler. It's going to be great. I'm going to come at you in your face. Be
0: ready. That is a reference I do not understand. That's all right. So this was a jam-packed first episode because they only did uh, one hour to introduce us to all 18 people. Luckily, we've already introduced you to all 18 people. If you haven't seen the premiere and you haven't listened to our previews and you're listening to this, go back, listen to our previews for each tribe, and then watch the premiere, and then come back here and listen to this.
1: Yeah, it'll be great. You'll get a lot of insight into... Our favorite tribe member who didn't get talked about a lot.
0: That's all at the Foxworthy Podcast.com and we'll talk more about that. Hopefully, this few minutes or so at the beginning here gave you enough time to do all that. So let's get into it. I want to talk about everything. First, let's talk about the person who got voted out. Spoilers from this point on. Tell me, we talked a little bit about Katrina having some Debbie potential, but... Katrina Radke, first one out, season 35. Give me your tweet-length reaction. She was put in a box that she didn't need to be put in. That's my tweet-length response.
1: It's only up to 240 characters, so I guess it can add all this turning <laughs> in.
0: Only for the 1%,
1: right? Yeah, but pretty soon we're going to be in that 1%, so... <sighs> That's what happens
0: when you do a Survivor podcast.
1: Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts? What's your tweet thoughts on her going
0: home? I thought this was a classic move in a Survivor sense, which isn't necessarily a good thing, but they saw someone who was older, they felt like she didn't fit in, and they voted her out. Goes all the way back to the beginning, right? All the way back. Keep your tribe strong early, which was a pretty good theme going on in the beginning of this season. And we've watched enough Survivor to know that that was a possibility, so we were prepared, and in our first fantasy picks of the season, each of us put three points on Katrina. So strong start for our prediction game after last year's dismal performance.
1: <laughs> no, we, we started early, but then I think we dropped off towards the end. I think at one point we were almost 50% for somebody having it, and then we dropped to about 12% by the season's end. So at one point we were good, but after that we were not.
0: Uh, I'm not going to check the facts on that. I'll just trust that we were good. But I do want to walk people through if they're new – or if they are uh, looking to start a fantasy survivor league of their own. It's not too late after week one, right? You can still do it.
1: Yeah, just uh, figure out the number of people that's going to make it work, have some extras. We did that one season. It works out awesome. Yeah,
0: I want to walk the people through our system. And this year, it's just me and you, back and forth. So you're going to hear it all here on the Foxworthy Podcast. So what we did this year, we weren't able to do the draft live. So we each blindly created 1 through 18 rankings based off of our previews. And I gave Ty the first pick since he obviously finished lower in the standings last year, as he usually does. And
1: Trash talk already starting.
0: (laughs) And then I just went through and divided the teams up. And I'm sure we'll discuss this more as the teams narrow, but I'll run through it quickly. The draft went... uh, Desi, then Jessica, then Cole, then Ryan, then Allie, then Chrissy, then Ben, then Lauren, then Alan, then Joe, then JP, then Ashley, then Rourke, then Devin, then Mike, then Patrick, then Katrina, second to last, and then our girl Simone, who didn't have a lot to do in the
1: premiere. No, Simone Wynn was surprisingly, surprising to some, not really to me, surprisingly quiet.
0: Yeah, that was a disappointment. We really had a lot of strong comments from her in the preseason. Hopefully we'll get some more action from her as the season goes on. But yeah, we did a snake draft back and forth. So as the teams wound up, Ty has two healers, Desi Williams and Rourke Luskin, that went 1st and 13th. He has four hustlers, Ryan Ulrich, Allie Elliott, Lauren Rimmer, and Patrick Bolton that went 4th, 5th, 8th, and 16th overall. And two heroes, Alan Ball and Ashley Nolan, who went ninth and twelfth. What did you think of your squad? I like my squad because I ended up with two of my preseason,
1: you know, top five, or I guess three of them, because I got Desi and Ryan and Allie sitting at the top of my list. And then I also had my wildcard pick Lauren. So I uh I feel really good about my draft because I think I have some winning potential, but I also think I have some staying potential that can give me some points later as long as they can stick around i got alan i got patrick i got some strong people that might be able to win some individual immunities so i liked my draft but we've never done it with just two people so i think every i'm gonna feel like my team stacked how do you feel about yours oh
0: definitely stacked and plus i have four healers on the tribe that dominated the first episode and i feel very good about it. i have jessica johnson Cole Metters, 2nd and 3rd overall, and then got Joe Mina and Mike Zahalski, who I guess kind of fought a little bit, 10th and 15th, <laughs> and then I have three heroes, Chrissy e. Hoffbeck, Ben Dreebergen, 6th and 7th overall, and J.P. Hilsebeck, who, man, take it or, take or leave him, uh, 11th overall, we'll talk about him for sure, and then two hustlers, Devin Pinto, 14th, and Simone Win, 18th, so I feel good about my team, I think this is a very strong cast in general, so... Probably a lot of points to go around. It'll hopefully come down to the prediction game, which is a good transition into uh, our scoring system. So basically how it works is every week we put points on things that might happen. Sometimes we have some fun and throw in a little something extra to put points on. But typically what you'll do is you'll put a total of 10 points on the people that you think are going to get voted out which we will do at the end of this episode, you can divide it, you know, four, three, three or whatever. Uh, for this week, I put five on Patrick Bolton from the hustlers, three on Katrina and two on Mike from the healers. Ty put four on Mike, three on Katrina and three on Lauren Rimmer from the hustlers. So it just has to add up to 10. Then we put five points on someone who will get medevaced, which goes back to the season that like four people got medevaced and doesn't really happen anymore, but as we might as well do. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And for those go-
1: of you that are wondering, I just want to say my medevac pick this week was Joe Del Campo, who's now a current friend of the pod, so <laughs> you yeah, can that's see true. that one doesn't
0: get picked very seriously. Go back and listen to that episode from over the summer. Joe Del Campo, a great storyteller. Yeah, and the other way the scoring works, other than the predictions, is you get points for winning challenges. So if a tribe wins reward, everyone on the tribe gets one. If a tribe wins immunity, everyone on the tribe gets two. And then the points escalate as the season goes on. So you get five points if your player makes the merge, uh, two points for individual reward, two point, or four points for individual immunity, and then 10 points for making it to the final three, an additional 20 points if your person wins. And uh, yeah, and that's pretty much it. But for some reason, I'm a genius, and the math works out every time, and our finale episodes are always really tight. So let's see if that works out with two people.
1: Yeah, I think it will. Maybe maybe the 20 points will be too much of TV, but who knows? We're in uncharted territory. We're out in the waters of Fiji just wondering what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I guess there's always potential that one of us could just lose our entire tribe way before the other person, too. But mm-hmm. that never really happened with four people, so who knows?
1: Yeah, we'll have to see how this season plays out. I'm excited, though.
0: Yeah, so stay tuned for that. The standings after week one, I will... Uh, reveal you can calculate it if you really really wanted to but i'll reveal that at the end of the episode and i have a special surprise for you but before we get to that i want to do our power rankings really quickly so our power rankings we're going to unveil our top three players on the show currently so after week one only in one hour to go off of but i was able to come up with three hopefully you were able to come up with three i was who was your favorite player in week number
1: one week number one we got to see a lot of the hero tribe so naturally my number one in the power is going to be a hero and i think it's ben ben put himself in a very good position almost by accident because ashley and jp sort of ashley and jp sort of formed a power couple and the term power couple was thrown around which is never good for you and Alan just went wacko.
0: Oh, we'll talk about that.
1: Yeah, um, and sort of pulled Ben in. So Ben was in this middle flip-flop section, and it seems like he's sitting in a power chair with the way the vote went getting Katrina out. I think he's set up well for the future.
0: Yeah, just to skip ahead, I have him number three in my power rankings because I pretty much tried to, because of the way they divided the episode, I tried to find the person I liked most on each tribe and put them in my top three. And I put him number three just because their tribe's down a man. And I felt like that was a disadvantage. But he definitely was the most impressive person on that tribe. And we'll talk more when we talk about the tribal. He really was the leader there who kind of held things together for them to pull off their, you know, unanimous vote. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay, so you got Ben down at number three. Who's your number one?
0: My number one is your second overall pick in the fantasy draft. Ryan Ulrich. I was actually very impressed by him. He didn't have a lot to do, but he did enough that was just good gameplay to me. And we will probably delve into this a little bit, but he found the secret idol on the boat. Nobody else, it seemed, came near it. And then you could only use it in the first episode, but he still managed to manufacture an alliance out of it. And I thought that was impressive, especially with someone who looked kind of weak and could easily be on the bottom of an early season tribe.
1: Yeah, he he impressed me. He impressed me so much, in fact, that um, I'll go ahead and say I got him at my number two because of the way he handled that situation. He handled it well, and he went and um, he became friends with Devin. That's how you say his yeah, name, yeah. right? It's Devin. just Devin. Yeah, yeah. Um, Devin. So the way who in he, the
0: preseason Ryan said was so laid back, he was he would fall over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but he went and he sought him out, and uh, even Devin had a. A quick little interview where he said you know this is a guy who i think we play the game this the same way um so ryan was making moves pretty quickly so i got yeah. him seated at my number two i
0: have some insight into that a little later but uh my number two is from the healers tribe they were really dominant and were seemed very cohesive for the most part it was a little tough to pick who was the most impressive out of the six of them but the person who actually really stood out to me is also on your team, and that was Rourke Luskin, who is the uh, the blonde girl who's not in love with Cole, for those who don't know all the people yet. <laughs> and uh, Especially because this tribe had a small amount of airtime. But mm-hmm. she was impressive to me because right at the beginning, at the marooning on the boat, everyone started running, and she was yelling out, like, who can swim? Who can do this? And she was trying to plan you know, it was just a little moment that I thought was nice. And then at the immunity challenge, they were doing that maze, which to them was not a maze. It was literally a straight line. (laughs) And she was like, hey, guys, do this. Lean it to this way on the beginning and lean it uh, that way on the other side. And pretty much the way it was edited, they instantly listened to her and won the challenge. So hats off to Rourke in this episode.
1: Yeah, she made a she made a pretty good impression. I thought she is handling her interactions with the tribe pretty well. So yeah, I Two thumbs up. You got my backing on this one.
0: Is that... Who's your number three? So, yeah. Number three,
1: I've got Cole. Cole seems like he's setting himself up in sort of a power couple, but in a fun way, not a way that's threatening.
0: (laughs) The Um, eight-pack toe muscle guy.
1: Yeah. Eight-pack toe muscles. Looks like he's going to be able to flex those toe muscles just a little bit on his tribe.
0: You know what I couldn't figure out? During that immunity challenge, when they climbed up the ladder, Cole... Uh obviously as a rock climber got up in like five seconds and then joe was the other one and for some reason the healers were the last one to start their maze and i couldn't figure out from the edit even after watching it a couple times what took joe so long (laughs) that went unexplained
1: yeah even jeff probes yelled he's like joe still trying to make it or something like that and his jeff probes awesome play-by-play Yeah, that was just
0: weird i didn't understand that but Mm hmm Anyway, so I've got Ryan, Rourke, Ben, and you have... Ben, Ryan, and Cole. All right. So we will get more into the specifics in just a second. But first, my surprise. We're going to have a recurring feature this season. And with the Triple H theme, we have a Triple S segment. It's the Sunday Survivor Second.
2: This is Sunday Breakfast from... Season thirty-three: Millennials versus Gen X.
0: Okay, that's your one second of Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I I have more than that, but I just wanted to keep the alliteration. So no, that's clever. All right, so let's listen to our Sunday Survivor second.
2: This is Sunday Breakfast from season thirty-three: Millennials versus Gen X, with my best and last night's season thirty-five premiere of. Heroes, healers, and hustlers. Now, first of all, I thought an hour is too short for a premiere episode. I was a little bummed about that, but obviously, the castaways has nothing to do with that. I love it when they come in on a pirate ship. Kind of wish I would have been able to come in on a pirate ship, but it just looks awesome. It looks cool. I love watching everybody scramble and get their stuff. Now, they didn't have time to strategize, obviously, but I feel like I would have been a little bit more concerned about getting supplies than making it to the beach to get the fire. I think I would have spent more time putting stuff in my boat. But how do you know? I mean, in the minute, you're, there's so much adrenaline and no one knows what they're doing. But I would have tried to grab more supplies, I think. Um, I thought it was not surprising that Ryan found the super idol. Daddy made a great choice in passing it to Chrissy based on the information he had, um, seeing her Get sick probably made him think that he could be a target. And so I thought that was smart on his part. Really liked him. Um, I wish you would have seen more of everybody. I think when you look at the Hero Tribe, maybe the reason they wanted to get rid of the Mom Squad was because they were performing a strip searches. I mean, honestly, who are these people that are intimidating other people and try to bully them into admitting that they have an idol? Clearly, J.T. did not, and he had to strip down to prove it. No wonder they want to get rid of the moms. Now, let me just say this. That seemed to be a derogatory thing when they were saying the mom squad, which I take offense to. Actually, I have no problem being a mom. Most moms don't have a problem being a mom. And actually, moms come into the game with a lot of skills and a lot of things that they have to do on a day-to-day basis. That can help them in the game. So, hopefully, we will see those moves come out of Chrissy, the one member of the mob's mom squad that's still in the game. I do think, you know, that she probably had reasons for not playing the idol like Katrina. I was actually at Katrina's party last night. She's amazing, super positive, great lady. I do feel bad she didn't get to be longer in the game, but she just had the most, you know, amazing time and great things to say. So, I love her attitude. Excited to watch uh, Chrissy play this out now in the coming weeks to see Ryan continue to progress in the game. I loved his um, relationship there on the beach with, see, now I don't remember his name because we get to see everybody enough, but it's kind of reminded me of Ken and David, although I will say no one could ever take Ken and David's spot in my heart. So those are my takes for this week. Can't wait to see what happens next week. Hopefully, we don't have to get down to any more script searches. So that's us. See
0: you next time. So there you have it. Our Sunday Survivor Second. She's not happy with the Mom Squad name, it sounds like. And uh, I think we mentioned this in the preview, but Katrina Radke is from Minnesota. So she got to hang out with the good friend of the pod Sunday at her premiere party.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I alluded to in the beginning, too, was this Mom Squad thing. My tweet thing was she was put in a box, and I think she was. She didn't get a chance to play the game. She was just seen as the old mom type, you know, possibly the old cancerous type if you listen to Simone. Oh, geez. Um So they just, kind of, they just didn't give her a shot to play. Not to say that she would have outplayed for the rest of the game. I'm not sure she had that. Maybe she did because she did. She had a great attitude in this. Um, so I think Sunday makes a lot of very good points in that. But yeah, it's cool to uh, to hear from my good friend Sunday BirdQuest.
0: Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about that tribal. What did you think of the no play by Chrissy to not use the super idol there? Were you expecting it in the moment? What What was your reaction to that? Well, at
1: first, my my gut reaction was, well, why didn't she play it? Doesn't she want to save save her, um, you know, mom squad person and get rid of Ashley because she had the one vote on Ashley so it would have immediately gone to her. But then I thought about it, and she did have conversations with Alan and Ben, so even if she didn't play the idol, that's someone gone, and she could still be in the majority, you know, if they end up turning on uh, Ashley and JP.
0: Yeah, I think what it came to was she just felt like she didn't want to put a target on herself when she didn't need to, because Mm -hmm. listening to some of the post-game interviews with Katrina on that First One Out podcast from The Hollywood Reporter by Josh Wiggler that we keep talking about, which is now over (laughs) since she was the first one out, it sounded to to me like she had a pretty good idea that she was going to be the one out and kind of felt like she didn't vibe with that tribe from the beginning. So to me, especially when you sort of put together some of the tribal events, which we'll talk about, it made sense for Chrissy to kind of lay low and let things play out, I think.
1: Yeah, I think I think she thought through it, uh at least more than I did in the moment. I got caught up in TV drama, um and I've said that before. I Survivor just drags me in and I get sucked in and I don't always think clearly. So, I think she was thinking more clearly than I was.
0: What's interesting is Katrina, one of the quotes I had from her in post game was she said that uh Chrissy has worked people in the game more than anybody. So, my winner pick is playing hard and uh, Katrina did say that she felt like she played too hard at the beginning which is interesting considering how hard Alan played but mm-hmm. yeah I mean when you look at it she just didn't fit with that tribe and they made the move to excise the older person so I it makes sense and she seems like she understands it and I hope that Chrissy can uh reposition herself going forward hopefully with ben because he seems like the strongest one now we do need to talk about the other three because oh boy if you remember i do feel pretty strong about one thing i said in our preview podcast about the heroes which is professional athletes on this sometimes struggle to ratchet down their competitiveness level to, (laughs) (laughs) to a point that makes them reasonable to work with and i think that alan came out hard. They were sitting on Ponderosa for a few days. He's like, I'm ready to go. I'm an athlete. And I think he just lost control a little bit. Now, one thing I want to mention before we get into this, uh, according to Katrina, Alan pulled her aside at one point and said, I'm sorry, I I freaked out. I know I freaked out. Uh, She claims it was a mistake that he tried to turn into a strategy. And according to Jeff Probst, you know how tribal council is infamously like much longer than it is on TV. Apparently, Alan pretty much spent a full hour just going at JP and Ashley being a power couple.
1: Wow, the the power of editing. I mean, he definitely went after them, but we only had a full hour to see three days. So to hear he went a full hour in tribal trying to make up for his kind of loose cannon attitude sounds pretty strong.
0: Now, overall, I think it was a little wild. Obviously, the strip search was crazy, but I feel like it wasn't a bad move considering the position he was in in the tribe he overplayed it obviously but knowing that he is pretty safe i think laying the seeds of a potential power couple is kind of a smart thing to do
1: yeah no it definitely takes the target away from your back just not when you paint a bigger target on your own back i think that's what that's really what he accomplished was he showed everybody hey look there isn't i mean and by everybody i mean ben at this point he said look There is a power couple within our alliance of four. And then he went crazy and decided, like, hey, I'm a bigger nut job. So let's just put a giant red X on my back as I'm putting tiny little red X's on theirs.
0: The only person I'm very unclear on is how they got cast on this season is uh, Alan's target, one of Alan's targets, J.P. Hilsevek. Because we talked about him in the preseason. He was so boring. He only talks in cliches. And he only continued to talk in cliches in this tribal. Jeff was like, JP, what's going on? And JP was just like, oh, you know, you just got to play uh, play with the game. And that's that's the way things are and, and stuff. And, uh, you know, you just uh, you look forward to the next day or whatever. <laughs> and it's just so annoying. And what's crazy is Jeff said in a post-game interview that not only did they edit in that one cliche – JP literally just spoke in cliches for the full hour and didn't really defend himself. He said that Ashley was impressively calm in defending them, but that JP was pretty much just like, yeah, um, you know, that's the way it is. That's that's uh, the way things are. Yep, 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 yep.
1: Yeah, he doesn't strike me as the most... Um articulate not in the sense that he doesn't speak clearly it's just that he has
0: 15 phrases he practices in a mirror and then only <laughs>
1: regurgitates those every day so. it was
0: interesting watching the fireman pull the maze up the ladder at the immunity challenge because i think he was the one who was like one two three pull one two three pull and you could tell there was some training coming out of jp there but a couple other quick notes about tribal uh, obviously the heroes tribe is a little bit of a mess with uh This division, possibly, between Alan and JP and Ashley and potentially Ben and Chrissy being on their own, too. But we'll see what happens there. Katrina did say in post-game interviews that she spent, like, three hours the day before looking for the immunity idol, which obviously we didn't see, and had the opportunity to make a final plea at the end of Tribal. But when Jeff asked her, okay, well, if not you, then who? She didn't offer an alternative. Which, you know, who knows if that would have saved her, but uh, wasn't specific enough and didn't make enough connections to survive. Yeah, I think you made a great point right there. That's pretty much all I got on the heroes right now. One down, 17 to go. Uh, let's, Let's talk about the other two tribes before we get out of here. The healers were really dominant in this episode. They crushed the reward challenge, according to reports. Apparently, it wasn't even nearly as close as they made it look on TV, which is why they were so confident afterward. And... They won the immunity as well. So a strong showing from them. They have a really strong tribe in general with Jessica, Rourke, Cole, Joe, Desi, and and Mike. So I don't have a ton of thoughts about them based off this episode, other than what I said earlier about Rourke. But uh I think we might not see them in tribal council for a while.
1: Yeah, they might all make it to the merge. But I do think uh we can't we can't just gloss over this. Joe kind of confronted Mike in a weird way. Mike went That's and looked, right. for an, looked for an idol. And, you know, it was kind of obvious that he ran off was off by himself. And Joe came and confronted him. And, you know, Mike, I think Mike might have said he felt bullied. I can't remember if he used yeah, that exact so term.
0: Joe was like, I know you're looking for the idol. And Mike was looking. Or he, he said, I know you have the idol. And Mike was mm-hmm. looking for the idol. Now, I'm curious because Joe was like, I just came to you because I respect you. And he did seem a little uh, aggressive. But I'm curious whether... You think that was a good move to try to, you know, just bring it up to him rather than freak out for in front of the whole tribe or whether he came on a little too strong?
1: I think he came on too strong. Maybe if he had just said in passing, like, hey, I know you went to look for the idol and tried to form an alliance because it's it's like he tried to form alienation. He doesn't try to form an alliance. Um, He was trying to get under Mike's skin. So I think if he he went and said, hey, you're looking for an idol, blah, 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 like he could have played it off and not created tension. But instead, he went the tension route, um, which might not be bad. Maybe he didn't want to team up with Mike. I don't know. Yeah.
0: So uh, a a little trouble in paradise, but overall, very strong showing for the healers. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Hustlers, meanwhile, started off the show looking like they were going to be a disaster they pretty much just paddled around in the ocean in no direction in particular. <laughs> and
1: I think the last shot of their boat, Devin was facing out towards the boat <laughs> they arrived on, like with his head over his shoulder, trying to figure out what
0: was going on. <laughs> yeah, that was, oh man. But obviously, like we talked about, Ryan found the idol and they did end up coming back to to come in second place at immunity and avoid tribal council, so Overall, mixed bag for them. They didn't show us too much division in their tribe, so you know, not much to go off of yet there. I do think it was interesting. We talked about Ryan and Devin. There was a note that after that initial reward challenge, apparently Jeff asked them what they thought about their tribe and Devin was like, oh, I don't like having the red buff because that reminds me of the villain's tribe from season whatever, and there's some theorizing that Ryan might have gone to Devin because he realized that he actually was kind of a fan and smarter than he seemed.
1: Gotcha. Yeah, no, that would be, um, that'd be a really good clue into that. My question was this, it was Allie and Patrick who knew each other, but Allie knew Patrick. Patrick doesn't know Allie, correct?
0: I'm unclear on that. I, you would think if they lived across the street from each other, they both knew each other. I, my theory is that they're not going to allude to that in the show at all, even though it came up in preseason interviews. Mm-hmm. Because they pretty much went to each other right away and formed a little bit of an alliance, which seemed like the moment to bring up, oh, we actually know each other, but maybe they didn't want to present that to the audience. I don't know.
1: Yeah, that might be something. Um, so I just thought that was a interesting little tidbit of knowledge that um, we may or may not see play out this season. Maybe at some point
0: she'll tell him, hey, I remember you or something, but yeah. I'm not sure. Someone actually replied to me on Twitter when I was tweeting from uh, at Foxworthy pod during the premiere and said that, oh, JP and Ashley went to college together. But I'm pretty sure they were thinking of Patrick and Allie because Ashley's from Florida and JP's from LA, but whatever. The only other thing I wanted to say was I thought it was funny to hear Ryan say, for the first time, someone's dying to get in my pants, even though, (laughs) you know, the someone was himself. Yeah,
1: that's that's why I think he has the best qualities of adam klein and david wright i think he's uh he's got the humor but he's also got just the game intelligence and you saw it on display this week so yeah i'm excited to see more hustler action
0: and like sunday mentioned seeing devin and uh devin and ryan pair up was really enjoyable what did you mm-hmm. think by the way of him gifting the super idol to chrissy
1: yeah i mean when i watched it i was also thinking give it to chrissy she's the one that puked and i think you that's give why he did shot. it right yeah, I mean, that's gotta be. It's not like they had any time to talk to the other tribes, you know? I mean, maybe when they're doing medical check-in or something before the challenge, but I don't even know if they talked then, so he was just like, oh, there's a weak person on the losing tribe. I'm gonna give her the idol. So I think, you know, strategy, you work with what you got and he's working with what he had, and I thought it was a really
0: smart move on his point. I know, You know what I wish we saw more of in the premiere? I know they had to jam a lot of stuff in with the three tribes, but I kind of miss the survival aspect of it, like watching them build a shelter, sort of struggle through the first night. We didn't really get any of that.
1: No, and they handed everybody fire within the first three days, which I remember watching like the early seasons. And they were tribes that didn't get fire for like eight, nine days. They'd be out there, they'd lose 15 pounds immediately. But it was interesting. They did say in the beginning, Jeff Probst said, the greatest social experiment. So it, it's kind of making a shift from a reality TV show to a social experiment, if that makes sense, which reality TV show is that, but it was just interesting to me. He called it a social experiment, not a survival test.
0: Yeah, that's true. And I do on that note, <laughs> as we wrap up our thoughts on the heroes, healers and hustlers here, I want to know what you think of the theme, because I'm always pretty critical of the idea that we need themes and these themes are particularly forced, but I do, I did actually get a new perspective on this last night as I was thinking about it. There's an aspect of psychological manipulation to it that I've never really considered because I've always thought of it as sort of a ratings ploy or something, but with something like this, it's interesting to tell people you're the heroes and then see how they act, whereas, you know... If you didn't have that, they would just be trying to identify them the way they see identify themselves the way they see fit. I don't know. That was just a a little meta psychological aspect that I thought of as I was watching last night.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point because even though I'm also not always super high on the categories, I think it does give six random people from across a giant country something to rally around when you first get on a beach. Like more so than just we're. Our tribe, you can say we were all picked for this one quality. Um, so that's something that maybe is like a jump-off point. And you saw it play out in tribal when uh, yeah. Ben Ben said it. He said, "Guys, we're heroes. Just just play what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to do what we're supposed to do."
0: I, I still think that Survivor trying to redefine the common definition of hustlers is a bit of a stretch, but <laughs> we'll see what happens. Now, before we get out of here, two more things. We have our Jeff Probst moments of the week. Yeah, who's leading off? You
1: want me to lead off or you to you lead off? You take it. I take it. Okay, so Jeff Probst, the man, the myth, the legend, the god, who is standing atop a mountain, and he the said... The greatest
0: reality TV show host of all time.
1: 39 days, 18 people, one survivor, More. and he zooms out, and he's on a mountain by himself. That was a great moment in himself, but I loved his commentary when they were trying to get the beach and get fire. And we talked about how Hustlers was in a boat facing the opposite way. And he goes, the Hustlers, still trying to figure out what show they're on. Like, that's how clueless they were. And Jeff just says it (laughs) in front of everybody. That's like typical Jeff. He's so good at creating buzz and excitement.
0: Jeff is so competitive and still cares about this so much that to me, the most entertaining Jeff Probst moment was jumping off of the pirate ship and hopping in a speedboat so that he could get to the shore before the castaways in order to call the challenge properly, which was just so entertaining because he got in, he's like, go! And they're making a point to show him multiple times, and then he jumps out into the water and runs up the beach, and they're showing all of this, and it was just his devotion to Survivor 35 seasons in is impressive.
1: Yeah, Jeff Probst brings the thunder every single week, and we gotta give him props (laughs) for
0: that. All right, so let's talk about what we have to look forward to. I did find, if you were wondering, when they start kicking in the reward immunity back and forth, Jeff said in an interview that typically episode four or so is when they will move from one immunity challenge per episode to reward and immunity. So we'll see if they mix up the tribes before that or not. But the only things we were teased with was one thing from each tribe, Patrick Bolton losing it and I guess ripping a crab in half at the Hustlers' Beach and making Allie question him. Cole and Jessica falling a little more in love. So you never want to pair off, but we'll see what happens there. And then Ben and Chrissy teaming up, which we alluded to earlier being a possibility based off the makeup of that tribe. And there were encouraging signs in the scenes from the next episode on that front. So not terribly detailed preview but some stuff to look out for yeah I'm really interested
1: to see this whole Patrick crab tearing a crab apart Allie rolling her eyes and getting upset I'm interested to see how that dynamic plays out Uh, yeah that should be fun
0: (laughs) so before we get out like I mentioned I want to update the fantasy survivor sayings and give our picks for week number two so at the end of week one with each of us putting three points on Katrina we each got points for that obviously And I had four healers, and you had two. So I got more points than you in the immunity challenge, 12 to 6. And then you got more from the second place at immunity because Hustlers got second. And you have four Hustlers. So you got 13 total. I got 17 total. I've got a 17-13 lead at the end of week one. But you lost Katrina, so you were down to eight. I've got nine. We'll see how that plays out. Who are you allotting your points to for week two? All right. Next week, I was looking at it. Obviously, seeing some next episode create hype,
1: not necessarily truth. So I'm going to start out three points on Joe. Joe is worrying me. He's not in a good spot, so we'll see. After freaking out on Dr. Mike, I just don't see him doing well. I'm also putting three points on Ashley. I don't think her power couple is going to last very long, and they were already throwing her name out in episode one. Last but not least, I'm going to put five points which my points don't add up right. But I'm still <laughs> going to do a second. it. I'm going to say five we'll fix it after <laughs> after this comes out. Five points on Patrick. I think Patrick and his crabs are just going to get thrown away cuz no one wants to catch that. So I that. believe
0: what you mean is 3, 3 and 4 is what you're looking for.
1: I want 5, 3 and 2, but I'll explain that. Don't worry.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, well, I also have Patrick four points. I had some points on him being the first one out, actually, because I feel like he just doesn't fit in. I put four on him. I also put three on Ashley. We didn't even talk about this before. But I have four on Patrick, three on Ashley, and three on Dr. Mike, because he seemed like the only one. I mean, you said Joe, but I went with Mike, so we'll see what happens. It looks like we each put one on. We, we each put points on someone from each tribe. We'll see what happens in week two. I'm looking forward to it. It was great to get back. Going on the the analysis podcast post-game. I'm looking forward to a season of this for Survivor 35. Heroes vs. Healers vs. Hustlers. And we're glad to have Sunday on board in some capacity. We'll have some more guests as the season goes along. But that's all we got for week one. That's all I got. That's all my thoughts. I'm feeling pretty
1: good about this season. I'm feeling pretty good about my team. A lot of fun. I'm looking forward to...
0: Some of the crazy
1: shenanigans that are going to happen with Patrick. I hope he doesn't get voted off, but I feel like he's
0: going to get voted off. (laughs) The best game in the world. Stay tuned at thefoxworthypodcast.com, at FoxworthyPod on Twitter, F-A-U-X, and make sure to subscribe on your podcast machine and rate and review on iTunes because that helps us out a lot. Thanks for listening to the Survivor Podcast that normal people actually have time to listen to. I hope you enjoyed the first episode and the first episode of our podcast as well in the new season. Come back next time where one of us will demand a strip search. Thanks <laughs> for listening. Someone, of of each other, of a guest, you, you'll have to see.
1: <laughs> We're going to
0: stop right there. It's Thanks for listening. It's going to work great for an audio podcast. <laughs> All right, goodbye. Worthy Podcast Are you officially ready? I am officially ready, I think <laughs> Well I say we do it